Oi, oi, I'm Jimmy Bullard and this is me old muck of Venus. We're back together, son. How are you? Hi, Bully. Great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. Hello, what's occurring? Listeners, I guess you're missing us. We've had, well, Saturday off. So to keep you ticking over, here is an interview me and Tom did with Jonas Vingigo, one of the protagonists of this year's tour, currently in the yellow jersey, from an interview we did with him in uh, winter. Yeah, and he looks back, doesn't he, Garrett, and tells us how he won last year's race. Loads of insight there, not only into last year, but I think also the man he is, the rider he is, how he prepares, what that what winning that race did to him, and I think also what he might try and do in the next couple of weeks. Enjoy. Please welcome to GTCC, the current Tour de France champion, Jonas Vingegaard. Welcome, mate. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Just to make it clear, how do you pronounce your second name? Vingegaard? Vingegaard? Uh, now I, uh, yeah, now you have to learn tennis. It's Vingegaard. Oh, Vingegaard. Okay, sorry. Vingegaard. Vingegaard. And Jonas is Jonas, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Perfect. 50% right anyway. But um, <laughs> but yeah, you're looking good, mate. You're looking pretty trim. I was, when I was in December after winning the tour, I certainly didn't look like you. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's been actually quite a, quite a good off-season, just relaxed. Yeah, I mean... Normally, I, I also gain a few kilos and, and gain actually more than I do now, but uh, the swindler has been, been quite good for me. So, yeah, all good here. Yes, yeah, so what did you get up to? What's the sort of craziest thing you've done since uh, since winning the tour? Yeah, one crazy thing I saw was um, the day you left the tour, I think you were flying back to Denmark, I think, and you had those fighter pilots. Like, I think you might have even, you were on a private jet, I think, and you got these French fight. Or were they Danish? I don't know. But they were fighter pilots either side of you. It was supposed to be a surprise for me, but then uh, the the pilot in in the private jet said already to me that uh, ah, in uh, in ten minutes the the yeah I think it was F sixteen jets would be coming, and then I was super uh, nice experience to see one on each side, and uh, it was uh, for me that was also a special day to to be celebrated in in Denmark and. Yeah, the whole way of, of getting there, but yeah, just, just everything about it. You probably do want a warning, G, don't you, if um, if two fighter pilots yeah. or if two fighter jets are going to appear either side of your plane. I think a little bit of advanced warning probably goes down quite well. I was going to say, yeah, it's probably a good thing he said that. Can you imagine just looking out your window and seeing like a fighter jet there and on the other side? Yeah, but yeah, I can't fault that. That's, uh, that's some way to travel home, isn't it? Yeah, I was, uh, actually, I was a bit surprised because I had nothing to do with it and yeah, on the Tuesday after the tour, I was in Holland to do all uh, to to see all the sponsors and to meet them. Uh, and then the day after, I knew yeah we had to fly home. But then the Danish uh, what is it called the, the National uh, uh, Cycling Union they they arranged the private jet and uh, 
yeah, even that in itself is is quite a big experience. That that was super nice, uh, and yeah, just just everything about that day was was really incredible. Yeah, I can imagine. While cycling, if you're listening, you know, <laughs> <laughs> private jet at some point. Just a little trip anywhere. You can go to Scotland for the day, wherever you want. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice. You can go. Uh, it doesn't take long. It's it's pretty easy. So yeah. Do you two want to compare homecomings? Because, Geraint, when you won the Tour in 2018, you obviously had those pretty remarkable scenes in Cardiff, started down by the Parliament Building, and then you rode all the way out, didn't you? St Mary Street up to the castle. Jonas, yours, if I can say this G, without offending you, looked like an entirely different level. The scenes in Copenhagen when you got home were insane. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's true. I mean, I don't think I ever saw so many people in, in, in one spot before, and not not only yeah that one spot I uh, the whole way from from the airport I think it was 10k to to that spot and it was just full of people everywhere and uh, yeah, I made the mistake of starting to to high five people on the way and and yeah <laughs> I think in the end my my hand was also almost falling off. <laughs> What's the population of uh, Denmark? Uh, five point six million I think close to six maybe maybe above six but half the country came out then <laughs> yeah it, uh, it, uh, it looks like it certainly but uh, i think also during the tour i heard something that 1.6 million was just just in those three days we were in denmark were on the route yeah that was incredible actually the start I, like yeah i think it's it was on a par with when he started in london or yorkshire you get such a boost from those home fans as well and i remember on the start maybe the first road stage the whole crowd just started chanting Jonas, didn't they? Jonas, Jonas. And I think it was Jonas, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what they were shouting. Yeah, or, or my last name. They also started like uh, yeah. shouting that. So that was finger go. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, it's just having the whole nation behind you. It just feels really uh, incredible. What about the night itself, Jonas? The night in Paris on the Sunday when you win the tour and you've been on the podium yourself. How was that? What did you get up to? Yeah, that was, yeah, of course, also very, very special. I mean, I think for me, the the most in some kind of way special moment is when you finish the time trial. And I guess you know the same, Jaron. It's like mm. you actually realize that and now you won it, uh, basically. And then, of course, in Paris, it's, it's a lot of celebrating and, and just... Yeah, uh, celebrating with the team, with the family, and we went to the Dutch embassy and had a had a nice dinner. And yeah, then just had a dinner with the whole team uh, behind, and uh, it was it was super cool. They had a barbecue, and so uh, yeah, lovely. Not, not not like partying all night, but just uh, yeah. I think I went home at twelve or or, or something, and then yeah. Just, uh, I mean, I was also so so tired that I was like, ah, okay, I'm 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 so tired. Maybe it's better to to go to bed. Sensible, to be honest. Yeah, I should have maybe thought of that. But um, <laughs> but talk, talking of the TT, you had a pretty scary uh, moment in that on the descent where you kind of almost ran off the road. How was that? Like, what was the what were they saying on the radio after that moment? Or how, what were you thinking? How were you feeling? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's funny because. Like before the time trial, I was obviously a bit nervous. Like, what if I have a bad day or or, or something? You know, every everything can happen. And then before I was, I made the plan that instead of going easy in all the corners, I was gonna do normal. So not not taking big big risks. 
But then on the on the second last climb before, I just went so hard that basically after that I fucked up every corner, like all my lines. <laughs> so, but but I was still going with a good speed, and and I think the the, the problem was that it was a bit bumpy. Uh, so I took the wrong line. But if the road wouldn't have been bumpy, I would have made it without any any problems. But then because it was bumpy, it was really uh, it made it even worse. And then. I was close, close to the edge, and uh, I remember the only thing they said in the car was uh, "good safe," and then, <laughs> yeah, we had to go on. You had your own twitchy moment, G, didn't you? In your own final time trial in 20, 2018, down in the south uh, west of France, it was a little bit rainy, wasn't it? I remember you almost losing your back wheel on a corner. Yeah, it was in um, the French Basque country, but Espelette, where the nice spice comes from. I always remember that just because of the spicy stuff, but. Yeah, yeah, into that corner, back wheel slid out. Um, <laughs> and then on the radio, they're kind of like, gee, easy, easy, just got to finish this stage, whatever. But then after that, it was almost like I forgot how to corner. And I was just going around these corners so slow and going around them like a 50 pence piece, you know, like rather than a nice smooth arc. I was just like, yeah. But yeah, it was, you had an even bigger advantage than what I had. And yeah, it was just about getting to the finish. But suddenly, once you just lose that sort of rhythm and that sort of, it's easier to just go full on sometimes and just forget about, because you overthink it then. So yeah, at least your moment was close to the finish, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And that was what I was thinking that, yeah, if you start cornering bad, you start thinking about it, then you overthink it. And then you, yeah, you, you lose easily 30 seconds in the corners. And then, yeah, then I was just thinking that, yeah, I just start really hard. I just, don't go slow in the corner and then in the end uh, actually at one point maybe i should have made the switch and say okay on the on the last downhills i go easy i don't i don't uh, take any chances at all but uh, i couldn't make that uh, switch anymore shall we talk about stage 11 of the tour because that was a big day jonas in a in a tour of big days so the plan that that your team hatched had that been planned for a while did that come together the night before talk us through it yeah, so um, we made the plan already in, in December, uh, of course. Um, we had the plan. We wanted to go with with two leaders, uh, with me and Primas. And then, yeah, basically the plan was that day to just go crazy, if you can say that. Just we, I mean, now the both of us tried to be second in, in the tour. So I guess both of us were like, yeah, now we want to try to, to win it. And we would do everything that to try to, yeah, to beat the today and uh, we said we wanted to make the plan that we wanted to go early on this stage uh, have satellite satellite riders and then just yeah make a make a good race of it and uh, i think i think we did uh, it was a nice day and special day yeah it was a lovely day yeah yeah thanks for that <laughs> <laughs> what were your thoughts G, as you're watching all that unfold in front of you going because you I think you were, were you in third or fourth at that point? You were moving up the leaderboard, but you, you've, you've been around road cycling long enough to know that that was the sort of day when that sort of tactic was going to happen. So as you were watching it, what were your thoughts? Yeah, you kind of, you expect the worst and hope for the best when it comes to days like that. And we kind of expected something to kick off, but honestly, I didn't really expect that because going up the, it was the Galibier, where you do the telegraph first, you have a little descent and then you carry on up the Galibier, but it's just a massive climb basically then a big long descent and then we do the Granon. And 
just over the telegraph, like I was just making sure I was in a decent position, and then I just see like Jumbo just going. Like I don't know if Primos attacked or I think you were catching one of your, as you call it, satellite riders, one of the guys that been in the break. I think you were just catching him. Can't remember who it was, maybe Benuto or someone. But yeah, it was just like, well, we just got to go. We have to follow this. I can't just let all these go. So um, yeah, I remember just sprinting, getting on the wheel, and then the guy behind me lost the wheel. Suddenly, I'm looking back, no one there, and there's three jumbos maybe like Primos Jonas and then and was it Benute? no it was uh, oh. Laporte and he's Laporte I think he's one yeah. of the best downhillers in the world so uh, he just went nuts in, in, in that downhill or nah for him not but uh, like uh, super fast yeah, yeah yeah exactly and and then we were with the yeah basically the four or five of us yeah yeah and Tade obviously and then we start climbing again I'm basically thinking this isn't good because this is going to be hard. This is going to hurt because <laughs> I knew what was coming. And then basically, it was ridiculous. It was just basically like in training sometimes you might do some efforts like 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off. And that that's what it was. It was just like Primoz would go full gas. Tade sprinting after him. Jonas following Tade. And I was just like this. <laughs> well, <laughs> just playing up to the old man character I guess just <laughs> chugging away just keeping going like knowing that well they're going to slow down because once Tally catches them I don't think he's going to attack and they're not going to ride together so and it was basically these lot just bang 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 and then I was just slowly coming back up every time they're still having to spike a bit it still hurts a lot but yeah and it, it was just going on for what felt like an eternity and then eventually we kind of slowed down and the group behind sort of came back to us but then Tade started then, and I was just thinking, mate, this is just, in my head I was thinking, this is a, I can't remember a day, especially when I've been in the tour, that was just so crazy like that. And by the time we got to the Galibier, the top of the Galibier, I think Tade had done quite a bit on the front actually to, to get rid of all Jumbo Bar Jonas. And in my head I was thinking, that's, that's a bad move. Because then me and... Bardet were just off the back and I was just doing my thing, you know, just getting up it as, as smoothly as I could and we came back and then obviously a load of others come back and then hit the Grand on then. I'm sure, Jonas, you can tell us what you were thinking, what you were planning up there. Yeah, actually, basically, uh, from the moment we, we hit Grand on, I was thinking to try to to make it as hard as, as possible. And yeah, I mean, it is a, a beast of a climb, I think. It's it's really uh, incredible hard. It's uh for me, I think it's one of the, the hardest climbs I've ever done as a as a Finnish climb, um, and and we did the recon before, and and I knew it already, and then yeah, basically, I had no helpers in the end, so it was uh, Micah pacing the the Granon, and then I think first it was Quintana attacking, and then he attacked like straight from the bottom, I think, but then with five and a half to go, I think uh, Bade went and. Already there, I was I, I was feeling super super good uh, still, so I was thinking, okay, if if I knew that it would be steep with like four and a half or five to go, so I was thinking if they don't speed up, then then basically I would I would I would try to attack. I'm glad you're feeling good, mate. Because if that was you on a bad day, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I think what, probably my my best day ever uh, on the bike, actually. So as you say, we're no teammates. Like having those guys as well to sort of use as a springboard, it was perfect. And as soon as you hit that steep, but you just went and 
yeah, it was surprising how they couldn't couldn't follow, could he? Yeah, it's uh, normally I think when 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 he uh, yeah when he feels good, he just jumps directly on your wheel, and then you really have to try to to ride him off the wheel. But and now he he didn't even try to go after me, and and I guess in that moment I I knew that okay, this is this is basically my chance. And then yeah, for me it was just trying to to push as hard as as possible to to the finish from there. Um, and again, yeah, just really incredible. It was my first stage win of the tour, so that's also special. Yeah, not a bad way to do it. Because I can remember um, just sitting on Tade. I was like, right, I'm not going to help him. You know, it's, he's the, the biggest threat. He's the favorite along with you. So I just remember sitting on him and thinking, wow, for Tade to be riding, it's not actually that hard. And I was thinking, what's going on here? Yeah. And then um, eventually I was like, right, well, I'm just going to go. I'm going to try then. And um, yeah, like he couldn't follow me either. And well, I, I, don't get me wrong, I didn't feel sorry for him. But it's it's a hard moment, you know, like when you're a big, big favourite like his, and he was suffering. Like He's obviously never suffered like that in a race before and to be losing time like that. So I think I even put a couple of minutes into him maybe or a minute and a half or something. So an unbelievable day really. And suddenly, I don't think anybody expected that. You know, going into that stage, if you had said, this is this will be the results come the end of the day, yeah, I think everyone just laughed at you. Really, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, at that point, he also seemed so strong. Uh, I mean, like the days before, he he won two days in a row in in Longwy and La Planche de Belfi, and I mean, he he seemed super strong, and yeah, it seemed like for some that he would uh, be uh, yeah not not beatable basically, but at least for us, we 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 wanted to try, and we just had the spirit to 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 go for it. Even in the Roubaix stage, I can remember he was like, you know, he almost won that, didn't he? And to be honest, I was lucky that you were with me, actually, because after that crash where Caleb hit a hay bale, basically, I think that's what caused the crash, wasn't it? And Primoz came down, I came down. Did you crash or did you just have a mechanical or something? Or was it before <laughs> that even? You haven't seen it. No. Ah, then uh, maybe you should search on YouTube for it. It's the most <laughs> hilarious of uh, thing of the year. I, uh, oh. I'm swapping bikes five times, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did see that. Yeah, when there's like jumbo guys all over the place and it's like that crazy music, like, da, 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 da. it's like, what's going, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's that picture, isn't there? There's a still picture where there seem to be, there's three Yumbo riders and they're all doing totally different things. <laughs> and unless you'd seen the stage, the picture makes no sense. Someone's looking over his shoulder, someone's going that way, someone's going that way. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it was, like afterwards, of course, we can laugh of it, but uh, in the moment, it was <laughs> wasn't so funny for us. But uh, yeah, it was it was um, yeah. I can tell that I, I just I just panicked. Like uh, we had all these plans that yeah, if you have a puncture, if you have if you have a crash, you you break your bike. Yeah, then we swap bikes with uh, this or that guy, and then I just dropped the chain, <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I just immediately thought. Okay, I'm gonna swap bikes, and then who was behind me? There was there was nothing, uh, and yeah, I think that was uh, not not doable. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't even sit on the on the saddle and and push the pedals. So then I had to swap bike again. Then I got the bike of of Steven, and then while I got that one, the car came next to me. Then yeah, okay, then I better swap with your spare bike. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then uh, yeah, so I really. Uh, <laughs> made a mess there with the team <laughs> huh. it goes to show though how useful and how 
well, beneficial it has to have a strong team because, as I say, I was lucky you were behind because Van Aert was incredible. Like, because you guys caught my group, my gears weren't working. They were just like jumping every like pedal stroke and I just couldn't really do anything. Yeah. And um, I remember Van Aert and I think it was another teammate, maybe Laporte yeah, or somebody. Yeah, yeah. Laporte as well. Those two were just riding so fast, so strong, like closing the gap to the front and almost closed it to the well to the front by the end so well i guess you owe him a a pint or two after that oh for sure i uh i mean that was that was incredible and yeah Wout was in the in the yellow jersey and basically he sacrificed his yellow jersey i mean he he kept it afterwards of course but when when he f- he he f- he dropped back to me we didn't know if i was gonna or we were gonna catch back and if yeah. he would still keep the jersey so so basically, he sacrificed his his yellow jersey for for me, uh, which I'm I'm super super grateful for. I mean, it's it's incredible that that he wants to do that, and and yeah, basically the whole team that day was was really incredible. Also, uh, yeah, this stuff was was pulling for me, and, and yeah, basically everyone was was just totally committed to the plan, and and yeah, we had a lot of bad luck also with the with the crash of Primos and. Also in, in in his group we had we had Nathan and and Tish pulling and we had a, a super strong team and they all yeah really tried to to help us all the time. Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips, and tricks told by leading names in sport and beyond who know what it takes to get to the very top there will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow search for mindset win on youtube and on your favorite podcast app On that moment on on stage eleven, just to go back to that for a second, Jonas, the point on the Granon where you dropped Tade, right? For everyone watching on TV, that was incredibly dramatic because it was the first time most of us have seen Tade crack. So for you in that moment, are you conscious of that, or are you just head down? You've seen he's dropped, and you're just trying to put as many seconds into him as you possibly can. Uh, yeah, I think actually it's just for me. It was just about I saw it and then. I knew I was I was in really good shape and and then it was just about putting as many seconds into him as as possible. So from there, basically, it was just I think five k, so basically twenty minutes on the limit, pushing everything you can, and yeah, that was incredible for me. Also, just to for me, it, it's it's I think it's my best performance ever, and and like having it on such a day and at such an altitude is just for me super super nice that I can do it there. Yeah, I was going to say it's super high as well, isn't it? It's over 2,000 metres. Yeah. 2-4, is it? Or? Yeah, the finish was 2-4. Uh, what were they saying on the team radio as you were going away? I think, like, just just keep pushing to the to the finish. Uh, so they didn't allow me to, to uh, celebrate before. <laughs> so, yeah, basically it was uh, going all the way to the finish and uh, just trying to encourage me, telling me the, the split times, of course. But other than that, I... I can't really remember what they said actually because I've yeah I mean you're so focused you you just focus on pushing as hard as possible and then yeah of course you hear the split times 
And then, so you put, what, almost three minutes into Tade that day. So suddenly you're defending the jersey rather than attacking it. How has that changed for you? How do you feel the next day and the day after, knowing that rather than doing the hunting, you are now the hunted? Yeah, it's true. It's, it's, it's very different, of course. Now I wasn't the one who had to attack anymore. So some kind of way, it's also easier to follow, if you can say that. I mean, you, you do get a little bit of draft always. Uh, so it is easier to, to follow, I'd say. So, yeah, but it's also, it's, it's, it's very different uh, because I think today and I, we, we race differently. So, uh, like, he, he's way more explosive, I think. So, it makes it different and, 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 yeah, still, you always have to think about what's, what's best for me, of course, uh, when we have the jersey. So, that was the biggest change for me, I think, when, when Jonas took the jersey, just some of the starts, it was just bonkers. It's stuff like you've never seen before. It's kind of like junior racing or, you know, like a smaller stage race when the teams aren't that strong and it's more man v man from would go. It was like that, like Pogacar's just attacking, like after five k up drags, and I was just sat there thinking, what is going on? And then Jonas is like going after him, and I was just like, well, again, just trying to think, like, well, hopefully they just kick each other's heads in here for another few days, and then they completely blow up. <laughs> Didn't happen. <laughs> But yeah, I was just trying to like just follow the wheels and stay calm and just try and like stay near the front and just float there and not get drawn into all that because it was just it was incredible, Tom. Like again, like that stage eleven, I haven't seen anything like that. Like first and second place just going at each other. I think it was maybe the stage that Matthews won to to Mond when he was just going on for yeah. hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. And um, these two like. <laughs> just, and uh, I remember like uh, like Matthew said he was asking Van Aert like what, what's going on like <laughs> I remember asking Jonas as well you happy with the break <laughs> yeah 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 we're happy with the break but then still jumps going away and that that became a thing then in the tour every stage I just roll up next to Vingegaard next to Jonas after a few uh, few minutes after a break it sort of looked like it was going like you happy with the break, mate? <laughs> <laughs> also in Croatia. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a thing now. Yeah, yeah. You happy, mate? Yeah. Yeah. For now, for now, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we talk about you competing against Tade. But to be fair to Geraint, he's never more dangerous than when he's eight minutes down on GC. So you know, you must be concerned about him as well. Yeah, of course. I mean, you have to to think about everyone. Of course. I mean, of course, I was mostly concerned about. Uh, today um, to be honest but I mean you I cannot let 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 the Geraint go in the in the GC so Geraint also attacked a few times on the I can't remember if it was the last mountain day or the second last and I was also like yeah I don't I don't want to to let you go so you know it's I don't want to let you up the road yeah yeah of course I was just hoping for a little stall from you guys and Everyone was banging on about me having an attack. So I was like, oh, I've got to have a little attack at least just to see what happens. But I just knew, like, it was funny. We were at the dinner table that evening. And um, basically after a couple of minutes, Tom, like, Tade comes flying past me with Jonas in his wheel. I was like, oh, cheers, bud. <laughs> <laughs> like, Tade had just attacked, like, using me as a launch pad, trying to get rid of Jonas. And, and we're at the dinner table and Castro comes in and he's laughing. And he's like, oh, gee, they came past you so fast, <laughs> like wetting himself. I was like, mate, 
Thanks for the morale. <laughs> At least I was there. You were 15 minutes behind just having some M&Ms probably, you bastard. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but uh, oh, it, was, it was insane then, Pear, in that tour. Yeah, it was um he he has some some really good attacks actually. So it's it's he's he's very strong in the acceleration and that's always like uh really have to get the elbows in and and just <laughs> try to follow basically. That reminds me. Do you remember on one stage when um I don't know what stage it was. It was maybe the stage that had like a, the climb got really steep at the end and it was downhill maybe 20 odd k to the finish. I can't remember what stage it was now. Um and I remember like looking and Tade sort of like drifted back and not really in his usual sort of place and he didn't look as good. And I was chatting to a teammate and I think um, Sep was, Sep Kuss, a, a, a teammate of Jonas was, was next to, I think it was Castro I was talking to. I was like, he doesn't look good today. Like Tade doesn't look good. And then Sep was like, yeah, yeah, I don't think he looks great. Literally like a K later, he's attacking off the front. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I think he is. He's just as good. Yeah, I think... Uh, He's just playing. I think uh, today you can never really read him. It's always hard to to know how he feels. Uh, so, yeah, for me, it's also basically he's hard, hard to read, I think. And sometimes it looks like he, he's uh, not good on that day. And then, yeah, then he, he wins the stage. And, ah, okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you were always in control, though. From where I was sitting, it looked like you were never really... Obviously, it's hard, but it didn't look like you were ever under really any pressure where you're going to get dropped. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's always uh, like super hard and, and 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 yeah, it's super tough to to follow. But like dropping, I'm, I mean, yeah, it's 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 very different because it could be that he would he would drop me, you know. And and I think we are very different in in our way of of riding. So I think. Maybe with with the acceleration, he 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 may, might be able, but but like I think my advantage is on on the longer climbs. So I, I was suffering a lot, of course. So there seems to be a lot of respect between you as well, Jonas. Um, so on that final day in the mountains, the the stage that finishes up the Hotakam, and obviously you both had a little wobble on a corner, and he went down, and you waited for him. Was that just an instant decision? You just thought he's down <laughs> yeah, and waiting. Yeah, that was uh, basically what what my instinct instinct set um yeah so 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 yeah he crashed i said directly in the radio that um yeah he crashed i i'll i'll wait for him for me that was the right thing to do and and i'm 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 glad i waited for him yeah definitely that was good to see as well just that the sportsmanship as well it would have been easy to take advantage of that but again you didn't really have to because you had a decent time gap anyway maybe if it was only 10 seconds you wouldn't have waited but (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean it's no it was it was good it's also different i wouldn't say different but i mean it's also he's he's the guy pushing and now he crashed and and there was actually basically no no consequence still so he he also didn't lose anything by by pushing and of course i i also don't lose anything uh, by waiting so who were you talking to Jonas, when you got to the end of each stage and you're getting closer and closer to the end of the tour and i'm sure the nerves were there was it your wife you were talking to at home? Because you often seem to go off straight after the stage finish, get on the rollers and be on the phone to someone. Was that your wife? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's my wife. She always supports me. It's she's a big supporter of me and or for me. So um, she really means everything, and and she's always good at, at keeping me calm, keeping me on the right path. That's for me super nice to to have her 
on the side and she's always there for me. And how was it when you saw her at the end? Because obviously, Geraint, you had that big emotional embrace with Saar after the time trial when you knew you had it in the bag. How was it for you, Jonas? Yeah, I mean, it was also very, very emotional. Uh, she's the one I love the most, together with my, my daughter, of course. Uh, but just to have her there on the sideline when, when yeah, when I won the, the yellow jersey is just incredible. And, and yeah, both of us were, <laughs> were crying. And, and yeah, I mean... It's just so many, so many emotions in the Tour de France, and and I remember watching a, a interview also when G won. Uh, he was also crying. So I mean, thanks, thanks <laughs> for bringing that up. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it is just emotional, <laughs> and it's like funny how how sport can bring uh, emotions in it. Yeah, and it's a mad mad story you got really because I think a lot of people know you were working in a fish market, yeah, right? True, uh, in in a fish factory. So. Uh, yeah, fish yeah. factory until how old uh basically until i signed my first pro con- contract so i started in yumbo in, uh, in 19 so in the summer 18 i was still working in the fish factory wow that's some rise that to recently fair play how quickly can you skin a fish then oh, but it, it goes quick because you just like we have machines for it so uh, you just uh, cut off the the tail and then yeah, you put it through a machine and then the the skin is off. Slight, slightly different to racing a Col de Granon, smashing everyone, <laughs> taking the other jersey. Yeah, it's uh, it's different, but it's also it's also hard work, of course. And I think it in that way you you at least I learned to yeah to work hard for for the things I I want. And how's things now then? Is it um still crazy busy, or you managed to be uh, the old sort of life? Because I kind of saw it as two two lives almost like your pre-win tour win and then the post win which is just crazy and just everyone wants a piece of you although that does die down if you don't win it for three years everyone <laughs> doesn't care less than me but <laughs> yeah is it a bit more normality again are you able to um yeah just be a normal bike rider or is it still hectic for me it feels quite normal i'd say it's it's not like of course if if you go somewhere and someone's on the bike and and they see you they yeah, they follow you and ride next to you. But I mean, it's it's. I have the feeling that yeah, it not it didn't really change. Of course, like directly the months after, it was a bit different and yeah, it was a bit uh, crazy. And as you said, everyone wanted a piece of it. And and I have the feeling now it's a bit more calm. And yeah, of course, there's a little bit more duties to do. Uh, also with the team, with with yeah, we do some some content for the team. I'm ask for a bit more uh, I guess and do you spend most of your time in Denmark then or are you out of the country more now no so so like this this winter I stayed in Denmark so far uh, but then yeah basically otherwise I'll, I'll stay in, in Spain um, for most of the of the winter actually yeah because that's the biggest thing I found like you know with Brad he was in the UK a lot and it just got a bit overwhelming for him at least I kind of see the advantage of sort of living away because at least you can sort of knuckle down and yeah do your day job then most of the time yeah yeah exactly but somehow somehow I get the impression it's not going to affect you much anyway you're just going to be just as strong come the tour in 2023 anyway yeah i uh i hope so gee what would your advice be fiennes as a man who who went back the year after he won the tour and you finished second well i think just generally what i just said about you know trying to get back to that normal life again, normal training routine and just being 
a bike rider again because it can be so hectic and um for me like the running for the tour in 19 was was pretty terrible really to be honest like i didn't finish tirreno i was sick and then swiss i got taken out and cut my eye so the doctor stopped me getting back on the bike because i cut you know cut my head so i only did one uphill finish in romandy i think i might finish third there but yeah only raced the top of a climb once before going to the tour so but then yeah i was still able to get in decent enough shape to be in with a shower winning so i think jonas is is better than me he's a bit more <laughs> i think he'll be all right i don't need to give him too much advice well thanks <laughs> <laughs> Here's one more question, G, actually, as, as someone who's won the tour, talking to someone else who's won the tour, how would you put Jonas's win into context? Because you saw it, you were there, you had an amazing seat all the way through. What do you think about that ride now? Well, I think just the whole tour in general was just so entertaining, like so much going off, you know, Van Aert just doing his crazy things and just the style of racing has changed a lot since this century, probably, you know, like even... Yeah, the start in the early 2000s, it was really controlled, wasn't it? And then obviously Sky uh, was a similar way of trying to control the race. Whereas this time, yeah, Jumbo definitely don't just ride on the front and just control it and shut the race down. They kind of let the racing happen and jumping around themselves, as we've already said. And and then just to see, you know, Tade, who's supposed to, you know, going to be the smash the, the number of victories of the tour and going to dominate the sport and then suddenly Jonas comes along and smashes him basically and it was um yeah incredible really just from the way they rode as a team for a start Jumbo um and how composed Jonas was all the way through and yeah how strong he was when he actually went on Granon and on Hotakam it was impressive so um yeah a, a great win yeah not much I can say really thanks that's a uh, big word <laughs> I've got one final question for you, uh, Jonas, and this is this reflects both the job that you used to do when you were coming through into cycling and where you're from. People who go to Denmark and particularly go to Copenhagen will always try and try a fish dish. But there seem to be about a million different fish dishes to try when you go to Copenhagen. So if G and I were to come to your homeland, what should we try? Hmm, good question. Uh, I wouldn't say fish, actually. I, I would say the... Um we call it the uh, frikadella. It's, it's it's like a really Danish, uh, yeah, Danish uh, meal. Uh, it's 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 meatballs. Uh, you cook on the pan, and then yeah, you have potatoes and 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 sauce with it, basically. And it's yeah, everyone in Denmark eats it, and it's it's super nice. I like it. Sounds great. We'll have that, Tom. Well, you can have the potatoes because Tom's a veggie, and I'll just smash the meatballs. Oh, that's a deal. <laughs> Perfect. We've got we've actually got a Danish bakery around the corner from our house in Cardiff. Oh yeah? Broad? Broad, is that how you say it? Well. With B R O with the line through it. Yes, yeah. you say Paul. Broad. <laughs> Broad. <laughs> Broad. You don't say the D. Broad. 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 <laughs> Almost. Right. Broad. 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 Anyway, it's amazing. <laughs> They got some amazing stuff, so yeah, I might have to make a trip to Denmark just to just yeah. I think so. Have some more pastries and and some meatballs. Sounds good. <laughs> well, thanks for your time. Thanks for coming on. Been amazing having you. Appreciate it. Thank you for uh, letting me in the show. Nice one. Thank you very much.
Crowd Network, a place where you belong.